Welcome to Best Served, a podcast recognizing unsung hospitality heroes. Join Chef Jensen Cummings as he chops it up with industry leaders about the humans who've impacted their lives and careers. From childhood guides, to ass-kicking mentors, to the team members in the trenches that make it all happen. Help us celebrate these rock stars by sharing our show and nominating your own unsung hospitality heroes. Connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Now here is your host. What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Today is Best Served Podcast 301. We're talking digital presence. We're talking SEO. We're talking marketing with Eric Davies of Puff Truck Pizza, Best Served New Volume 3, Episode 7 of 8. We are on the home stretch here. It's been a... It's been quite the journey. A lot has happened with Eric throughout this process. And as you know, this channel is so important to me, best served new, where we really focus on kind of amplifying the worth and work of people who feed their communities. And we've heard so much about Elburn, Illinois, and about Ray, and about the family dynamic within Puff Truck Pizza. So, you know, really people who feed their community is what, what motivates me every day. And so, Eric, you are the embodiment of that. Let's bring Eric on to, to catch up a little bit. Eric, how's it going? Hey, Jensen, how you been? I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. Uh, we're getting into uh, into a new month, looking into April. Uh, team meeting today, getting dynamic, thinking about hiring process, something that you and I talked about. So a lot of things happening across the industry, a lot of things happening for you. So I wanted to check in. You know, last last we heard, Burger Buzz was yeah. born. Puff Truck Pizza has a, has a little brother, little sister. And so I'm yeah, excited sure. about that. And I'm also scared as hell for you about that because I know the strengths and vulnerabilities you just created for yourself. So yeah. kind of, yeah, tell me what's been going on. So uh, <clears throat> kind of interesting. We just did our first burger buzz gig last night um, at a local brewery uh, cidery actually in two full cider over in Naperville, Illinois. So uh, St. Patty's day, we did a special oh, St. Patty yeah. Mount burger. We did, um, we, it was our debut. So it was, we had a little bit of, you know, some fun exposure there. That was great. Uh, the weather wasn't super great for us. It was rainy and really cold, which we're used to out here in Chicago. But you know, yeah. that's just kind of how it goes. But uh, yeah, it was a good, uh, good start for us. Oh, I love hearing that. What, what was some of the feedback? What'd you learn, good and bad? What are the, some of the things you said? Yes, let's triple down on this. A couple things you said. <laughs> oh shit! What the hell were we thinking? Give us a little feedback. So that part's really interesting. Uh, before you, you might remember me saying that I have kind of a market research background. So what I did right. is. Um, one of the uh, burgers that I created is a burger that is on a honey bun donut is for the buns, right? So it's like over the top. It's outrageous. It's crazy. It's, it's glut. Yeah, it's ridiculous, right? But but people do that. And it's a thing, like putting the, the burger patty on a donut. So I wanted sure. to be kind of like edgy and uh, over the top that way. I, I kind of took a picture of it and shared it to some of the neighborhood groups and said, smash or pass, would you eat this? And... <laughs> It's kind of funny that I had like an overwhelmingly negative response of people with like barf emojis and vehemently like uh. disturbed, disturbed by the fact that I would dare to put a burger on a donut. So I'm leaving it on the menu. But what I wanted to see was what was the would there be a reaction, either negative or positive? And I got quite a quite a good reaction um, either way uh, about that burger. So nobody ended up ordering it last night so maybe i should uh, trust what the folks <laughs> out there say 
but I'm going to, I'm going to give it a shot for a while and see if it works on our menu. But it, you know, um, that's kind of that interesting thing of like the feedback is, is. So this is good. Let's stay with this a moment. And, and then for everybody, we're going to bring in Tyler Seert from Thumb Brand. Uh, we know Jonathan Kim also from Thumb Brand has been on as well to talk about this topic, but I want to stay on this for one moment because I think this is interesting. I think this is something that is going to both be a strength and vulnerability. You're going to have to really manage exactly this interaction because fun is the secret ingredient at Puff Truck Pizza. You're going to need to and want to just you personally and the brand do playful things, do goofy things, do things that are a little bit off the wall. You're also going to have to rein yourself back in sometimes. You're going to have to find that sweet spot, that groove for yourself. And so I think that's important. I think, look, if you listen to what everybody else says, you know, you, you would have just built a faster horse. And the reality yeah. is like, we want to do something new. Yet yeah. you also need to listen. You need to create really thoughtful feedback loops. And we're going to talk about that today because your digital presence is a massive opportunity for an ongoing feedback loop. Yet everybody is an expert and all those things. So you have to hold all of those contradictions in your hand at all times and be very aware of it. So just your thoughtfulness is going to be really important in that process. So I appreciate that you're that you're struggling with it and yeah. you're pushing through and you might say, well, that was stupid. I'm going away from it. All of those things are a reality. So I appreciate that. All right, let's get into the meat of this thing, the burger of this thing. And let's bring in Tyler to uh, to speak on this topic. Tyler, good to see you. Hello, gentlemen. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. We're, we're, we're talking gluttonous burgers, you know, and, and I'm sure you've seen uh, things like that go viral as uh, as you are so focused on the digital side of what's happening. So uh, I want to do a few things. I want you to set a high level expectation, food, beverage, hospitality, restaurants, food trucks, kind of what an expectation you have for the way that we think about this. And then I want to drill down specifically on kind of some of the pitfalls that you see. And then we'll see where this goes, because we struggle with technology in restaurants. We make things with our hands. It's face-to-face -face interaction. We're Luddites. Like we don't, we don't necessarily want this to be the communication tool, yet the reality is it is. And so we need to understand how to navigate this space thoughtfully. And so I want to like translate a little bit for how we do that. So Tyler, highest level, what do we need to be thinking about? What's the expectation? What's important for us when we're thinking about our digital presence? So you got to think of the end goal, right? So you have to think of your customer, not as you got to think of your digital presence, not as a business owner as much, but you got to think more from that customer aspect of it and make sure that you're not skimming over things that you might find trivial that your customers don't, <clears throat> excuse me. So the, yep. the key here is to look at it from that top perspective and figure out what you're selling, what exactly you're trying to promote at that time or what you want people to do. So for a food truck or a kind of takeout only restaurant, you're gonna to wanna to get people to get those pickups and visit the food truck, right? So you gotta come at the digital presence and all of your uh, CTAs, call to actions and all your funneling needs to lead towards that. So that on the highest level is what you're trying to do. But between all of these steps, there's also a heavy amount of branding. You kind of wanna control how people see your brand as well. And what people don't think a lot is that your first impressions are no longer really made on that physical on, on the physical portion of things. People don't usually yeah. see your storefront before they see your website anymore. It's kind of switching the other way. So your a website and your social media is a great time to get your brand kind of narrowed down with your clientele and make sure that they know what you're about before they can visit your store. All right, a, a couple of good things. Eric, I wanna, we're gonna translate a little bit. And uh, one big thing that you're talking about, this is this, and I, for anybody listening, I'm holding up my phone right now, this, 
is your storefront. This is absolutely your signage. This is absolutely curb appeal. This is absolutely where people are creating new foot traffic. So I, I want to like really make sure you're focusing on that. You know, it's interesting, Tyler, when you say this, and Eric, I, I want you to reflect on this for a moment, is because you're selling food, you think people know what you're selling. Yet we've talked about this again and again. They're buying your story. The food is just the proof that you are who you say you are, right? And so you need to be really clear that like, what you're selling has to be expressed because you know it because you're living it day in and day out. But people on the other side of that equation, they don't necessarily know that. They don't know exactly what you're selling. So not just skimming over that, as you put, Tyler, I think is super important. And we talk a lot about the customer archetype. It's so important. We have a very specific one, Ray. I already mentioned Ray today, who very much is the archetype. So Eric, for you, when you're thinking about that, do you see places where you might just be saying things matter of fact because you think it's understood yet you might need to spend some time translating for people so they clearly understand what it is you're actually selling yeah i mean i think for a customer like ray it is a little bit more um in the, that physical realm right like he his his first impression and his um opinion of our business uh relies on that Ray hates social media and digital presence yeah right? he, so. he doesn't spend a whole lot of time on Facebook probably doesn't even have a Facebook account for all I know yeah because um, he's not the one interacting with my posts or with any of the stuff sure. right so and, and that's a large chunk of my customers folks that are like that that I'm sure they have social media but they're not the kind of folks that are going to be super engaging um, now let's think beyond. We're talking about you love the idea of Nashville. You love the idea yeah. of expanding. We have Burger Buzz now, so we're gonna we're gonna move beyond that. I think we we recognize that. You know, thinking about your presence, and I know Tyler, you took a look. So, like, please jump in. Are there places where you can recognize that maybe you're not doing the job that you need to do on communicating kind of what it is that you're selling? Do you ever struggle with that when you're like, what's the copy that I'm going to put out there? How am I, what is the photos that I'm putting out there? Give it a little, give us a little context to like when you're trying to put your presence out there, maybe places that you're struggling with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, usually I have ideas that are running around. I have too many ideas of what I'm going to put out there for my, for my copy. Right. So I think the challenge there for me is like narrowing it down to like, what's the best one, which one puts forth the best message for us, um, which one is like the most concise and not, wordy and airy and stuff like that so um that's that's a lot of the challenge that i get and um you know kind of you know maybe it's maybe it's offline that we don't do enough of that um awareness right because awareness is the number one thing if they're not aware of you they can't buy anything from you so um you know i think we might need to explore some you know other creative ways of getting that word out to, to folks that like that customer like ray who isn't on facebook constantly maybe right, so this is interesting. how do we do that yes yeah, interesting tyler are you I'm totally stealing this because I think it was great. You talked about before we went on, you know, taking it from somebody's brain onto the site. Yep. Because a lot gets lost in translation. Eric's got too many ideas. And by the time from his head and this brilliant woke up in a, from a dream and had this epiphany. And then all of a sudden it gets on the page and it's like, want, want, want. Like it doesn't always translate. It's a game of telephone. And Eric, not that it's necessarily that, but I've That's struggled true. with that too and, and yeah. still do. And I know the game that we're playing. So it's not easy. Uh, from the brain to the page, how are you trying to navigate that, especially with, you know, restaurant people that have too many ideas and you're like, that's a great one. Let's focus. That's a good idea. Let's focus. So how are you going about that, Tyler? What do we need to be thinking about? 
So you really need to start thinking about what makes you unique and why people are visiting you in particular. So if you can if you can really narrow down that niche, um, and then th then you can really prioritize what what ideas you really want to follow through with. So you know this is this seems like a pretty fun business, Puff Truck Pizza. So um, in that aspect, you know you really want to focus in on that fun fun aspect. So then when new people land on the website or land on the social media, they immediately know what they're in for. They immediately know like that they need to be excited that they're going to try some really fun stuff today. Um, and that's really what you're going to get where you're going to get some of those conversions from is people just getting excited. Um, and if your creative ideas can get people excited, then you're in the right hands. And, you know, I help people with this all the time um, where it's more of a, you know, they tell me what their goal is and then I'll think of some cool ideas and bounce off of them. And then that's kind of my dynamic with clients. Um, and the results have been really good so far. I want to I want to touch on that. This is interesting because from an interface standpoint, when, what we're actually looking at, I'm fascinated in how we start to have brand expressed on, say, a website because of the fact that you are like, pick a theme and the theme doesn't necessarily reflect your brand. For example, Puff Truck Pizza, like you you have a super clean like website it's it's more minimalist you know it's not a lot of tchotchke how do you express fun when you have a, a stark white background with simple black red and, and some gray right it's it's a challenge at the same time i've seen some some websites where it looks like fucking mardi gras threw up all over it and it's like i don't but, but it's fun yet yeah. i have no intent of spending any time or money there so tyler how, how do we how do we balance that out so that, that's where a lot of the creative aspect comes in. That's where hiring the right people um, definitely comes in. Because when you hire somebody that has that baseline design knowledge, they'll know not to overdo it. And they'll kind of know the, the there's there's a, a bunch of unwritten rules in design um, that have Let's kind write of them down. What are they? Tell me all of them. I want to know oh. all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, utilizing white space, making like, like, not ha you don't have to have an element in every aspect of the screen. Um, lately, you know, full width uh, pages have been really popular for responsiveness, yes. um, as well as you know, just paying attention to the little things like button design. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of of thinking that goes into designing even like a button on a website or where it goes. Like placement of things is extremely important to how people perceive your website. And a lot of it for a designer from a design aspect of it, as someone who's done this for for many hours of my life, um, it's it's just a lot of you know optically looking at this and then kind of just thinking to yourself, like if I was a customer, would I notice anything out of line here? And that's where you can really get that design balance. It's really something that you can't you can't study. You have to you have to just just try it and fail. Um, so hiring someone with that kind of background is really going to make the overall product of your of your digital presence um, a lot better um, than hiring you know like like an amateur because they're not going to have that baseline. Um, but as for getting the ideas from your head to the website itself, though, um, it's it's really like I said, it's really important just to break down what your goals are um, and and not do it alone. You know, if you've got people people working with you that are that are really invested in the business, you know, talk with them all the time. Collaboration is is the best way to uh, solve yeah. writer's block and and you know start moving forward too as yes. well. Two things to unpack there that I think are important. One is coming from the customer standpoint as much as possible. So Eric, I think something that you're going to do very well because you do have that kind of customer research background and, and you very much are personalizing the archetypes a la Ray and I think you'll get better and better at that. So I think that's important to understand. For me, I'm always trying to think about this, Tyler, Eric, for you guys to kind of reflect on too is 
is we do a lot of things really well in restaurants and we do things really badly in restaurants. And what I'm trying to do is connect the things that we don't want to do, like websites, and turn them into something we understand. And so I think of UX, user experience, how I'm going to feel navigating as steps of service. How do I flow people thoughtfully through my dining room, through the queue of the food truck? How am I navigating that? Because we're very thoughtful about that. We understand every touch point, every interaction, every moment of hospitality, every word that's on the menu. And then all of a sudden, because we don't necessarily want to spend a lot of time messing with our website, we just we just phone it in. So I think that's really important for us to understand. Eric, you understand steps of service. You need to adopt that same methodology, same approach and strength into the way that you approach the website. So I think that's something that's that's really important. The the thinking about the buttons and some of the way that the composition of the websites are composed. You have to design your website mobile first, not laptop, then see what it looks like on a pad, then see what it looks like on a phone and compress it down to a single stack. And one of the places that there's a huge vulnerability there is on the menu itself. All right. One of the things that I think delivery apps have taught us that I think is very valuable is they have a lot of like bestsellers, top fives, things like that. And I want to see menus designed like that because I don't want somebody to scroll down 17 items before they get to your best item. I want that to be number one because people don't want to scroll through 17 items. They want it to be super simple and easy. So the composition of where the buttons are, how they're designed, how people have access to them is going to be so, so important. So Tyler, reinforce or, or shift my thinking or like what where are we at with kind of mobile thinking about the UX and how we're composing, especially menus? No, yeah, absolutely. So so the menu is arguably the most important of a restaurant and more, most important aspect of a restaurant website. So you want to make sure that not only does it uh, does it show everything you need it to show, but it shows it prioritizes what people really want to see. Yeah. Um, and another aspect of this as well is again the mobile first aspect because people aren't going to people aren't going to be in your restaurant like looking through the menu on their laptop they're not going to bring their laptop to the restaurant most of the time unless they're working there so R that, that was might. a really good point <laughs> ray yeah, might yeah ray might. <laughs> might bring an old ibm laptop yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um so yeah like the menu is, is arguably the most important thing and there's a lot of creative things you can do with the menu to make it more kind of interactive and make it better for the consumer um, I think you're right. The delivery apps have kind of spoiled us recently and kind of raised the bar for um, what a menu can be. Um, and I think we need to see a lot more people kind of like thinking that way. Um, one thing that we've kind of done to make menus a little bit easier to navigate is just ditch the entire PDF format. A lot of people have been just oh. embedding PDFs into Tyler, their don't into get their me websites. fucking started on the PDF menu. <laughs> Shut down your restaurant if you still have a PDF menu. Just go into another game. It's like you have... Oh. Keep going, Tyler. I'm sorry. Yeah. I just the PDF menu. I'm like, I, help, help me help you because the PDF menu is just it's killing your business. And we'll get let's 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 funnel that right into SEO. Let's just jump there because <laughs> let's the Google cannot crawl your menu if it is a PDF. It views it as an image. So any key keyword rich searches because people are looking for puff. They're looking for pizza. They're looking for those items. You're losing out on all of that being an opportunity for you to have credibility when it comes to search engine optimization. So Tyler, I mean, there's a lot, the more that goes into that, 
But uh, I mean, that's the that's the one of the biggest vulnerabilities is you spend all this time and effort creating a brand, focusing on these different menu items, and then Google and thereby anybody who searches on Google, which is everybody, does not know that you serve that item because you lost out on those keywords. Pick it up from there, Tyler. I don't even know where to go. Yeah, from. absolutely. That, keywords keywords are very important for getting that like. Uh, Kind of that's one of the aspects of the website that's going to keep it just kind of going and growing just while you're not even paying attention to it. So making sure that your website is populating for like specific keywords, especially the ones that make your business different and the one that that really set you apart from the competition is extremely important. Um, I don't really dabble that much in SEO, but I, I am fairly uh, fairly literate in SEO, and I can tell you that um, the results that you can gain from SEO are are almost priceless. Like they, they you can get a lot just from having good SEO on a site. Um, but that's not to skimp out on any of the other aspects. A lot of people will just go all in on SEO yeah. and then their website will look like complete trash. So if you go all in on SEO, you're getting people to your site, but then your website isn't designed well enough for them to, you know, actually become a customer. So that's a lot of, a lot of what people fall into sometimes with SEO. So it's important to kind of, um, pay attention to it, but don't get over-invested in SEO. Yeah. Um, that that's not a great idea. Eric, don't be one of those trash brands that just writes fake ass articles to basically be like here's a 250 word article that says pizza 97 times <laughs> just to be able to hack the system the reality yeah. is you're spending all that time and effort focusing there you know that you're not spending time and effort focusing on actually cultivating a brand actually cultivating a community actually having something worth saying so it, it's a little bit of a trap there for sure yet you want to make sure that you do get credit for the things that are meaningfully and thoughtfully placed onto your website so that you're getting credit for that so that you are getting credit for the actual expertise the actual uh validity that your brand has within a given space so so i think that's super important um last uh you know a few minutes here uh eric what where's the pain when you're looking at your website when you're looking yeah. at your social media uh talk to us a little bit where are a couple of the places that uh that tyler and i might be able to help you alleviate some of that that pressure or just kind of point you in the right direction or tell you to suck it up this is your job you got shit to do like yeah wh where's where are you thinking so um i like that you're talking about the mobile first idea um we're actually my brother is a web designer um and a programmer so we're working together right now actually as as we speak um, kind of trying to revamp that website and make it a little bit more user friendly. We know, I know from feedback that um, folks are going on what I'm assuming going on Google or Google Maps and then finding uh, the menu portion of my website because when they call me up, they're reciting things right off the website. So um, I, I know that we're getting heavier traffic than in previous years to our website. Uh, so I can see the value there and having like a very upfront menu that uh, is descriptive and and is easy to read like you're saying with the top most popular items on, um towards the top and the easiest ones to read because i'm thinking of that user experience when i go on google right and i'm looking right. at a thing and exactly like you said jensen about like the third page of that pdf menu is where like the good stuff is at sometimes and and so what i don't want is for people to have to have to do that i uh we really see that there um a lot of the pain <clears throat> points that i've been seeing is having connection between like all of the platforms and all the things right so there was um, it's unfortunate we actually had a, a, a poor review because the hours of operation on our website were different from what the actual store was. And right. uh, but the store lined up with Google and Yelp and all the other platforms. But the one place on our website, uh, it was like off by an hour. 
um, because we had changed from winter hours to summer hours and it hadn't been updated on the website yet. Someone saw that, tried to come get food. We were closed. And so they left a poor review about like, why is, doesn't your website have the proper stuff? So um, my headache there, my pain points are like getting info um, in a timely way. And maybe that's a communication issue on my end, but um, getting, getting the info like that's pertinent for folks to see on the website in a timely manner. Like say we come up with a new burger for the week. Like, do I put the effort into putting a whole thing on the website just for a week, you know, for a special item? Well, I'm sure that does translate to to extra sales or whatever. So um, I think it's a little bit of like communication, yeah. a little bit of effort on my part that needs to happen. But it's kind of where where our pain yeah, point is good. You're talking about brand unity. There has to be continuity at every interaction, every touch point, anywhere somebody might start in the funnel of coming directly to you, ordering delivery, ordering pickup, or coming directly to the storefront or truck. So it is hard. You're like, I gotta get Google and like TripAdvisor and Yelp, and I gotta be on my website. And oh, wait a minute, we had our hours on Facebook. Did we update our hours on Instagram? For sure, it's a yeah. lot. And so, so Tyler, I know that you deal with that all the time. How are you navigating that? It feels like it's a checklist. Like it's the probably the first simplest thing. I'm sure there's some automation tools you know, Tyler, give us some guidance here. Yeah, so there, there's a couple um, there's a couple things that you can do depending on how you have your website set up. So um, a lot of people right now are using uh, what we call CMS platforms, so content management systems that that will allow you to like use a graphic interface. And most people can uh, navigate around those fairly competently just to change like a few pieces of text here and there. Um, but what we what we do um, within the WordPress platform is we actually create custom post types or custom archive types so people can add new products like that like the same they would the same way they'd add it to like a, a POS system they can do it right on there otherwise there are syncing tools that we can we can apply to some of our websites that will just sync automatically with your POS system so there, there's definitely some automation involved there um, as for like getting all of this done in a timely manner I'd say that getting establishing a good relationship with whoever's managing your website a business relationship so that whenever you need something you you can count on them to uh to process those changes in a timely manner um we've, we've got as an agency we've got a lot of people that just you know will send us emails just requesting little tiny changes on their website um, we try to process those as fast as possible because we really know how important some of this stuff is yeah. um and your your story about that bad review because of the hours kind of um I completely understand that. And that, that's one of the reasons we, we really try to uh, keep that up for our clients. So finding someone that can really, really process those changes timely is, is something that's really important to that as well. All right, Tyler, we're going to we're gonna make sure that we get into the comments. CMS, syncing tools, way over all of our heads that I know yeah. fundamentally important. Eric, this brings up, this has nothing to do with websites. We do not value our time enough in the hospitality industry we are workhorses we just grind and hustle and 16 hour days standing on your head because that's what it takes yet so many times this simple tool that we say i'm not going to pay for that i don't have that in the budget yet you are spending the time on that doing it poorly or not at all and that bad review costs you way more than the 37 dollars a month that one review costs you way yeah. more than that and your own time and so you know, for you, you got to be really thinking about that. Like, Eric, I want you value your time at $1,000 an hour. That's what our friend Yumi Tran from Indochine Cuisine, $1,000 an hour. Sometimes she pays herself a nickel and that's the reality. Yet when she's making decisions about how to allocate time and resources and prioritize, it's like, is that worth $1,000 an hour? No, then let me think about a better solution in the midterm and long term 
so that you can address the short term when it comes about because it always comes about. So valuing your time, Eric, is going to be so important and so challenging, you know, and uh, we talked about the family dynamic, your brother working on that, your mom working in the business. These are unbelievable strengths. And you also need to build more infrastructure around, you know, people you can hold accountable in different ways than family. So I think what Tyler's talking about, that relationship is so important. And you got to really be on the same page because Tyler, you know, there's a lot of people in that space that are just like, they're just talking over restaurant people's heads just to prove their expertise and not actually cultivating a relationship. And that is something that restaurant people struggle with. They're like, I feel like I'm getting sold a bunch of stuff that I don't need because I don't know what I actually need. So maybe at the last moment, Tyler, for you, how important the relationship side of that is and being able to meet people where they are and try and speak their language while still saying you better understand syncing tools and CMS or you better empower me to make that happen for your business. But finish finish with that. It's a great way to end. So yeah, um, a, good, a good thing to end on, I think would be one of my favorite sayings is I, I, don't, I don't see people as... Um, as like a paycheck when I work with them. I see them, I, I want them to see me and I see them more of like a partner. I wanna help them bring their business up. I actually wanna create something that's gonna provide some real results for their business. So that's the, those are the kind of people you wanna work with. You don't wanna work with the the kind of one and done people that um, just are, are making your website just to get a quick buck and then are just gonna never talk to you again. Those yeah. are definitely not the type of people because websites, they can be kind of volatile sometimes. Um, the internet's kind of a crazy place. It's the wild west still. Um, so go that down. website could go down. And if, if, if it goes down, you want to be able to talk to somebody mm. that actually knows the website so we can get that back up as soon as possible. So that's just one of the many examples, but, you know, finding someone that really, really believes in your cause is something that that's really important when you're, when you're just looking for people in general, think of it like you're hiring um, an employee to work on the truck, right? Yeah. You kind of use the same kind of um, ideology that you would when you're hiring them as you would with like a web developer. Make sure that they're on board and they they really like what you're doing and they believe in the business because then they're going to build something that's going to truly help and truly speak the language of the business. That's it. Give them that why, Eric. Give them that story. Yeah. Everybody you interact with. And just red flag if somebody says they're going to write... 27 articles for you on SEO and not worry about anything else. Red flag there for sure. Uh, Tyler, thank you so much. Really, really great. I, I appreciate especially even there at the end, like thinking about the employee, how thoughtful Eric is about hiring should be also deployed for, you know, anybody that you work with in support service as well, technology, any of that. So I appreciate that. Tyler, mm -hmm. thank you so much for being on. You have a great day. We'll let you go. Thank you, gentlemen. All right. Cheers. All right, Eric. Yes, this is going to be so important. As you expand the brand, you're going to have to like focus in, focus in, focus in even more. So I appreciate that you and your brother are already working on that. I think one of the interesting things, our friend Dev Adams, who's been on the show a couple of times, said that when they're developing uh, new sites, assets on sites, they do what they call the Bubba test. Who is the least technology savvy person you know and have them go <laughs> click every button and then complain to you about X, Y, and Z and like really mm. understand that. I love the Bubba test. I think it's absolutely something that we should really be thinking about. So do that. Find a couple people that are kind of like your go-tos that maybe are coming from different arenas. Maybe it's Ray. 
Ray, yeah. I got a free burger for you if you'll click a bunch of buttons for me. And then maybe it's some people that are hyper technical, some people that are super judgy of websites. Like find yourself a little think tank that can bubba test for you. And I think that'll sure. that'll create strength. Because sometimes we get so tunnel visioned, you're like, yeah, I understand it. I got it. I got it. Yet you're in it. So you know yeah. it. And other people are like, what the hell is this? And then you go, oh, you don't understand what I'm talking about there. So like really, yeah. really look outwardly as much as you can as well. I like that. You know, I kind of have always emphasized doing research on my customer as far oh, yeah. as like as far as like our concept or food concepts that are concerned. But I need to kind of maybe shift gears and think of it from a different perspective of like from our online presence and those kind of things. I'd like that. do some more research on that part of it instead of just the food. That is great. You're you're already built for that. You're already built for yep. research. You understand that. Now it's thinking about the different research aspects that will give you the the best picture of who you're being of service to. I think I think that's I think that's really great. That's harder research because it's individual based human research versus yeah. the concept, brand, marketing, what's outwardly public facing already that then you can that then you can crawl and have scrape and have better access to. So I think it'll be a little bit of a challenge with you and we know that you are game for a challenge. So I think that's a really good one for you to kind of delve into. And you and I need to talk more because I'd love to even know how you approach a research project like that. That'd be fascinating as well. So all right, Eric, good stuff, my friend. Uh, you have a great rest of your day next week. Last episode, we're going to get really, really technical with uh, with digital advertising. So we're really going to understand how the robots work in that space, what our goals are, how we convert, how we can get a little bit selfish and like we need sales. So that's what we're going to focus on next week. Eric, have a good one. After that. Thanks, Chef. Cheers. All right, everybody. That is it for this episode. Great episode. So, so important. It's a struggle. I want everybody who works in restaurants to really understand that the digital landscape is where restaurants are going to have to have superpowers to be able to make sure that their virtual kitchen, their food truck, their CPG company, their brick and mortar restaurant, their venue has an opportunity for success. So once again, Besser Podcast 301, digital presence, SEO, marketing, and as always with uh, Eric Davies of Puff Truck Pizza for this best served new volume three, episode seven of eight. So appreciate you all as always for tuning in. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the best served podcast. Subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at best served podcast. Tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes.